Amen. 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 Greetings, beloved in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 The psalmist says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. There is no better place to be on Sunday morning than to be in church. Amen. Because this is where you get equipped, where you get trained. I just want to start with you with a challenge, just to let you think a little bit. We are still continuing with Christ in us. That's what makes the whole difference. But I want you to think of <clears throat> any maker or any manufacturer, when they manufacture something, they even have a troubleshoot guide to say, if this and this doesn't work, try this. And if all else fail, refer to the dealer or to the manufacturer. And I want to say to you, as a human being, your manufacturer is God. And he is God, also a troubleshoot guide. And when all else fails, refer to the manufacturer. Amen. Amen. So on that note, I just want to say to you, sometimes when you go through things in life, Sometimes you think this is just too much. I can't handle this anymore. And like I say that some people even go to an extent of committing suicide because they just feel they can't handle it anymore. But I want to tell you that when all else fails, refer to the manufacturer. Amen. Tell your neighbor when all else fails. All refer to the manufacturer. <clears throat> and I'm even amazed at how the manufacturer speak. Let's go to the book of James. Chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. Usually when we go through troubles, <clears throat> we get dejected. But the manufacturer says in James 1, 2 to 4, NLT, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Thus saith the manufacturer. He says, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. And then you will say to me, Pastor, how is that? Then he goes to verse 3, so it doesn't end there. You cannot consider it a great joy if you don't know something. He says, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. You see how the manufacturer views it. So when you are going through trials and tribulations and testing moments and things where you feel this is just too much, the manufacturer says, count it as an opportunity for another victory. Tell your neighbor, if you're going through hard times now, count it as an opportunity for another victory. Because problems are there to be defeated. Amen. The problem may be thinking that it's coming against you to destroy you, but it's there to be defeated. And some of the fires that you are going through, they are not there to burn you, but to refine you. Amen. I hear people saying that gold shines more and it's more precious when it has gone through fire. Amen. Just that it's not good sometimes to go through the fire, especially if you don't know something beyond. Okay? 
So that's why I like, if you look all through the Bible, we are never meant to stay in the fire. We are never meant to stay in trouble. We can go through it. That's why the psalmist says, even though I go through the shadow of the valley of death, I fear no evil because you are with me. So whatever I go through, I know he is with me. So today I want us to look at this importance of having Jesus with us and how then we can enjoy living in the glory of the Lord. Let's go together to the book of Mark chapter 4. And I just want to say to you that <clears throat> whether you have Jesus or you don't have Jesus, troubles will come. So the advantage is when you have Jesus, you can ride any storm. When you have Jesus in your boat, you can face any storm. That's why the Bible says the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of the living God. Amen. So it means even when you think that you are about to quit, you are about to be defeated, I want to tell you, you have what it takes to win. You are born of God. The Bible says everyone born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 41, I will read in the Good News translation. It says, on the evening of that same day, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they left the crowd. The disciples got into the boat in which Jesus was already sitting in. And they took him with them. I want you to look at that. They took him with them. And look at how nice the Bible is. Look at the following phrase. Other boats were there too. I told you the Bible is well written. <clears throat> so, Jesus is in this boat with the disciples and they took him with them. But other boats were there too. Was Jesus in the other boats? Huh? No. <laughs> but the other boats were also there in the sea. And there was a boat in which Jesus was. Now look, the advantage. When you are a child of God, you may be in this world, but you've got something. You've got Jesus in your boat. Tell your neighbor you've got Jesus in your boat. So, any storm may arise, but I've got Jesus with me. Look, verse 37. Suddenly a strong wind blew up and the waves began to spill into the boat so that it was about to fill up with water. Jesus was, was in the back of the boat, sleeping with his head on a pillow. Now, I want you to ask something. Do you think the storms and the winds were only coming against the boat that Jesus was in? You heard that other boats were there too. So why does the Bible say that? It wants you, it does, the Bible doesn't continue to tell us about other boats. But it told you other boats were there too. I want you to look at this closely. So Jesus is in this boat, but other boats were there too. So when the winds came and the winds were blowing and the waves were raging, they were not only raging against one boat. You get that? Or do you think they were only raging for one boat? When the wind comes, it comes for any other boat. So even troubles in life, they come against any one of us. But do you have Jesus in your boat? Look, the disciples woke him up and said, teacher, don't you care that we are about to die? This is how other people pray. 
when you are facing trouble, it doesn't help to complain. Okay? And you will see Jesus rebuking them at the end. You see, now the waves are coming and they were about to die. Do you think the answer is, don't you care that we are about to die? Do you think that's the good prayer? Okay, let's continue and see Jesus. Jesus stood up and commanded the wind, be quiet. And he said to the waves, be still. The wind died down and there was a great calm. Then Jesus said to his disciples, why are you frightened? Do you still have no faith? You see, now he's addressing them. Say, guys, you could have done this. Did it really require that I be woken up? Huh? Did you really need to me to wake up? Where is your faith? Other translation says, where is your faith? So in essence, he's saying with your faith, you can deal with that storm as long as you've got faith in me. Amen. Tell your neighbor you can deal with any storm as long as you've got faith in Jesus. Because look at this, verse 41. But they were terribly afraid and began to say to one another, Who is this man? Even the wind and the waves obey him. <clears throat> I want you to look at that surprise that they had. They thought, how can the wind and the waves obey a person? But Jesus says, where is your faith? Last week we learned about the fig tree where Jesus talked to it. After that he said, you can speak even to the mountain. So here is the waves, is the sea, and he says, where is your faith? So you're supposed to say, peace, be still, and you take charge. When we were created, the Bible says, God created us <coughs> in his image, in his likeness. And when he has created us, what did he say? Let them have dominion on the earth. Let them take charge. So you are created to take charge. And if you have Jesus with you, you can face any storm. And the problem is not with the storm. Have you noticed that? Do you think the problem is with the storm? Is the problem with the problem? Because if the problem was with the problem, then all of us should be crushed. So the reason why some of us are crushed and crumble and others still remain standing, the problem is not with the storm. Jesus gave this example. You remember Jesus said, Anyone who hears my word and does it, <clears throat> it's like a person who builds his house on the rock and make a strong foundation. And when the winds come and the storms blow, that house remains standing. And he says, anyone who does not do my word is like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. When the winds come and the storms blow, what happens to this house? It falls. And he says, great was its fall. So, <clears throat> was the problem the storm? According to Jesus, the problem was the foundation. So, because the, the storms that this house faced were the same storm that this house faced. It's like now when we are here, the fact that you are in church, you are trying to build your strong foundation. Amen. It's very easy to take a shortcut. Do you know good builders, they take time in foundation. Because they know if you've got a strong foundation, any wind can come, any storm can come, your house will remain standing. But if you don't have a strong foundation and you take shortcuts, we'll see you on the windy day. Okay? And the problem is not with the wind. 
The problem is not with the stone. The problem with the foundation that we are making. That's why go with me to this, our text scripture, Colossians 1.27. And I want you to look at this, that even when other people are feeling like quitting, feeling like giving up, you keep on going on. Because they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up high with wings as eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. I told you the difference with an eagle from other birds is that the eagle can mount up high and doesn't get tired. It doesn't get weary. When other birds are jumping from tree to tree. So it says, if you wait upon the Lord, you will be like that eagle. Where you keep on soaring high and people even get surprised. Doesn't this person face the same challenges that we face? (laughs) By the way, I think some of you think, we never saw the pastor stressed. People know this even at my work. I don't succumb to pressure. I've got something in me that's greater than what the world can buffet us with. And that's not secluded for me. It says, greater is he that is in, all of us we can say, if, if you've got Christ. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So it means, from within me, there are issues of life that are strong enough to face any challenge. That's why the Bible says the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. Now look at this. Colossians 1.27, Good News Translation. It says, God's plan is to make known his secret to his people, this rich and glorious secret which he has for all peoples. I told you the other time that when people don't know why you keep on going on, tell them I've got a secret. Amen. Amen. There is a secret of why you keep on going on. The secret is that Christ is in you, which means that you will share in the glory of God. So I want us today to look more at this glory of God and how do you share in this glory of God and how can you continue to live in victory on the earth, whatever the enemy throws at you. When we started here, just before the offering time, we're singing, his name is Jehovah. He is the God of Israel. Nothing is too difficult for him. Not even sickness. You know what came into my heart and I will do it today. What came into my heart when we were saying that it was that not even sickness that's among us today. It will not stand against the name of Jehovah. So when we finish here we are going to pray and whatever sickness that you had, even if they told you it's incurable, his name is Jehovah. And no sickness can stand against that name. Amen. We've got to start living what we are singing and we've got to start living what we are believing. So my heart was stirred up and I'm rejoicing that indeed no sickness can stand against that name. His name is Jehovah and you're going to receive your healing. You're going to receive your breakthrough because it says nothing is too hard for him. So it's not just a song, that's the truth. Amen. Amen. So look at the life of Moses. Moses spent time with God. You remember the other time I was sharing with you that he would go to the tent, they used to call it the tent of meeting, where he would meet with the presence of the Lord. Now go with me to the book of Exodus 34. 
Because I want to show you that when you are in the presence of the Lord, I think I also shared this with you last week. You remember the story about a magnet? Eh? Yeah, I told you about a magnet. That if you rub a, a piece of steel against magnet, what becomes of that steel? Magnetic. Why? Because it was rubbed against the magnet. So when we see you Jesusistic, or we see that you are a Christian, then we know you were rubbed against Christ. Amen. Amen. And you've got to stick close there because what happens with that piece of steel if it takes more time away from the magnet? It loses its magnetism. Amen. So tell your neighbor, don't lose your magnetism. Stay connected to Jesus. Amen. Because when I stay connected to him, his glory will be manifested through me. So I want you to look at this in scriptures. Let's start with Exodus 34. 34 and 35. NIV. It says, but whenever, it's talking about Moses, whenever he entered the Lord's presence, let's all say the Lord's presence. So whenever he entered the Lord's presence, to speak with him, he removed the veil. So in other words, he wouldn't want to be covered, he would remove the veil. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, they saw that his face was radiant. That word radiant is the same word with glory. Glowing. His face was radiant. Why? Because he was in the presence of the Lord, that glory of God rubbed off on him. You remember even the scripture where the Bible says people would even take the handkerchiefs that had touched the body of Paul and they would take them to sick people and sick people would get healed. What do you think was happening? The glory that was in the glory of God in Paul could be transmissible. You remember the woman with the issue of blood? Why didn't she just say, by faith I'm healed in Jesus' name? She knew that sometimes you need to touch the power. So as she went there, she was pushing her way, and she said, if I can touch his garment, I will be made whole. If I can touch his garment, I will be made whole. And as she pushed, she touched his garment, and she was made whole. And I want to show you this. Jesus said, who touched me? And the disciples said, why do you mean who touched you? Because people are touching you. And he says, I know somebody touched me because virtue. I felt the power coming out. Somebody made a demand on the power of Jesus. Can you tell your neighbor, make a demand on that power? As you move in faith, you will see what God can do. Because he said, if I can just touch his garment, I'll be made whole. If I can touch his garment, I'll be made whole. And he touched Without even the consent of Jesus, power went out. Amen. Amen. Because Jesus did not decide to release the power. The fact that she touched the power, the power went. It's interesting, even that story. We don't hear about many people that got healed in the crowd. Don't you think that there were many sick people there still? But only those who touch the power, they receive. So it's not that God does not have the power. He's got all the power. But how equipped are we to touch the power? 
It's like if you look at electricity, the power of electricity, how it works. There would be power in that socket. Okay? That power, if well directed, it will give us lights. If you switch it on, fine. But if you don't switch it on, do you get the lights on? And you say, no, there's no power here. There's no power. <laughs> do you think there's no power? Huh? You just don't know how to switch it on. The power is there. And then, again, if you say, there's no power here, and then you unplug that and you want to touch that with your hands, you will soon realize there was power. <laughs> Amen? And that's what happened with people who play with God. Keep on thinking there's no power. There's no power. Ask Ananias and Sapphira. They will tell you it's, da- it's dangerous to play with the power of God. It's dangerous to play in the, face of, in the house of God. So I was saying the face of Moses was radiating with the glory because he was in the presence of the Lord. Now, I want you to go with me to the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 3, verse 18. Mr. MJ, do you have the voice with you? Otherwise, I'll do it. Mr. MJ, are you there? Do you have the voice? Do you have the mic? Okay. So I want us to listen to this carefully. If you don't have the voice translation, just listen to that one. Because I looked at many other translations. In my spirit, there's no translation that speaks it as well as that one. And by the way, I told some of you that the reason why I refer to many versions, it's not that I'm trying to be smart. And you say that, no, the pastor is very smart. He he reads from so many versions. I also need so many versions. No. What happens is that as the Lord lays a word in my heart, I don't want to say things that I can't back up with scriptures. Okay? So I get this word in my spirit. So when I get this word in my spirit, the Holy Spirit directs me to a particular portion of scripture. When he directs me to that particular portion of scripture, if I read it in this version, it doesn't click. I go to another version, it doesn't click. It doesn't say what is in my spirit. And then all of a sudden you read a certain version and it says exactly what's in your spirit. Then that's why I would say, I prefer this one in this version, I prefer this one in that version. That's what will happen to you also if you spend time in the presence of God. The Lord will minister to you and reveal himself to you. So 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, the voice translation. If you don't have the voice, I would say don't read it in yours. Wait for Mr. MJ to read the voice and we're going to take it bit by bit. Now all of us with our faces unveiled. Okay. What happened with Moses when he came to the presence of the Lord? What did he do? He removed the The veil. Does something click now? Yes. I want you to think. Moses, it says every time he came to the presence of God, he removed the the veil. Now it says all of us with our faces unveiled. Unveiled. What happens? Reflect the glory of the Lord as if we are mirrors. I want you to look at this. So, when our faces are unveiled, it says we reflect the glory of the Lord as if we are mirrors. What happens with a mirror? A mirror, if you put a mirror here and you look at the mirror, what do you see? You see yourself. So, if I am a mirror, the reason why I like it in in this version more than other versions, other versions talk as if 
I'm sitting before the mirror. This one says, as if we are the mirrors, we reflect the glory. So look at this. Look at me. Let's say I'm the mirror. Okay, because this one says, as if we are the mirrors. So let's say this is the presence of God here in front of me. And I've removed a veil. And I'm here in, in front of God. And you are seated there. And I'm a mirror sitting in front of the glory. What will you see when you look at me? You will see the glory. It says, and we reflect the glory. Those of you who have done science, man. The Bible also has got science. You know, reflection. So it means something comes this way. And then when it comes to me, then I reflect it. So it says, all of us with our faces unveiled reflect the glory of the Lord as if we are mirrors. Now I want you to look at this. This is packed and powerful. So when that presence of God, that glory of God comes, as I spend time in the presence of God, let's say that portion that I'm spending time in is divine, it's healing. Let's say, let's say I'm reading about healing and I'm meditating about healing. And when that truth about the healing hits my body, what happens to my body? It gets healed. And what will happen to anybody that I lay my hands on to? Do you see this? Why? Why? It's, it should be simple, isn't it? It says, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Now, I'm showing you how this glory can work. So it says, we, as, with, as those people with unveiled faces, will reflect the glory of God as if we are mirrors. So it means when I'm in the presence of God, whatever the word of God says about me, I become. Do you get that? Amen. Can you tell your neighbor, whatever the word of God says about me, I become. <laughs> okay. So this is the, the trick. If you don't spend time before that word or before that glory, will you become it? You can only reflect it as if you are a mirror if you were in front of it. Do you know a scripture that says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, not even from your eyes? So stay behind it. And as it keeps on coming to you, so continue. Now look at this. As if we are mirrors, we reflect the glory. But before other people can enjoy the glory, I, I want this word to work for me first. I want this glory that is coming on my body to heal my body first before I can transfer that healing to you. Amen? So now look. And so we are being transformed. So we are being transformed into what? Okay, let's start. Yeah, we are being transformed. Continue. Metamorphosed. I like that. When did you last hear the word metamorphosis? Biology. We had it during Bantu education. I don't know. You guys, do you still do metamorphosis? Eggs, lava, pupa, adult. You remember that? Eggs, lava, pupa, adult. Now, if you look at an egg and you look at the adult butterfly, do they look the same? No, they don't look the same. The lava, does it look the same with the adult butterfly? Why don't they look the same? Because the other one is metamorphosed. So, similarly, if you knew me like this, 
before I encountered the glory of God, I am now metamorphosed. I am now transformed. I am now different. Amen. 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 So it means people will be mistaken. They will still be calling me egg, egg, while I'm a butterfly. Tell your neighbor, don't be mistaken. I am now metamorphosed. Because when it says you will be transformed or metamorphosed, it means a change in form. So if I was sick and now I am before this glory of God called healing, my metamorphosis or my transformation is that I am moved from sickness to health. Amen. That's why the Bible talks about if the spirit of the Lord who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, it will quicken your mortal body. That's another verse I use for my own healing. Okay? The fact that the presence of God is in my body. Sickness cannot stand the presence of God. Amen? So it means when I now expose myself to this glory of God, I get metamorphosed. Okay, so what will happen? Don't you think even our finances should get metamorphosed? <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't like your current state of your finances, let them be metamorphosed. Amen. But they can only be metamorphosed. Continue. You will see. We are transformed. We are metamorphosed. Into his same image. Okay. You don't get metamorphosed into anything else. You only get metamorphosed into that which he has said. So he sets up an image. And when now I put myself before him, I get transformed. I get metamorphosed into that image. Into the image of the word. Into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, continue. Into his same image. So do you see, that's the glory. I told you that's the glory. It says, if Christ is in you, the hope of glory. You are now sharing in the glory. So it says, when you are metamorphosed or transformed, it's from one radiance of glory. You hear the word radiance. Where did you see that word again? Radiant. It was Moses' face once. Radiant. Do you see that we can also be metamorphosed? We can also be transformed. So go with me to the book of Romans chapter 12. We know this one better for metamorphosed, for transformed. Romans chapter 12 verse 2, the voice translation says, Do not allow this world to mold you into its image. I want you to look at that. The other one said, we are transformed or metamorphosed into his image. Didn't we read that? Mr. MJ just read it for us. We are transformed or metamorphosed into his image, into the image of the word. But now here it says, don't allow this world to mold you into its image. Other translations will say, do not be conformed to this world. So it means, don't be transformed. Don't be metamorphosed to look like the world. As much as you can be metamorphosed and look different, you can also be metamorphosed and fit to be like the world. Do you know what a chameleon does? Any of you know a chameleon? What is characteristic about a chameleon? It, it, it gets 
metamorphosed, but that's not a real metamorphosis because it still remains a chameleon. So it only changes from outside. So if it's next to green color, what does it do? It becomes... But do you think it's transformed, it's metamorphosed to be green? No, it's just the outside. Because now if it comes here and now it's this color, it changes. That's some Christians. Now in church, you look white. <laughs> you look like anybody else. But as a chameleon, as is nature, during the week, the environment now, now you look like it. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about the real transformation. Metamorphosis. It means that adult love, that adult uh, moth or butterfly, it looks very different from the egg. Why? Because it's metamorphosed. And that starts from inside. Because for the chameleon, it's just outside. Now look at this. Instead, be transformed from, read it, Mr. MJ, the voice. Allow this world to image. Yeah, so don't take the image of the world. Uh -huh. Instead, the inside out. You see, be transformed from the inside out. That's real transformation. The, the, the chameleon one, it's fake. Because that chameleon, so that's why there is a thing called, you see there's metamorphosis. They say the Greek word for transformation. There are two Greek words. One, it's uh, metamorphosis, which means complete change in form. The other one is metaschematizo, which means it's just changing the outside. That's what false prophets do. They look like prophets, but it's wolves in the sheepskin. Okay? But when you are transformed, when you are metamorphosed, you will be completely different. So I want to experience this difference in my body. I want to experience this difference in my finances. I want to experience this difference even just the peace of God. That even when there are troubles all around me, may I find joy in the presence of God. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it. And the world cannot take it away. Why? Because it's the joy in me. I've got joy, joy, joy down in my heart. Where? Where? I've got joy where? In my heart. So it means my joy does not depend on the outside circumstances. That's why it's called the fruit of the spirit. I've got this joy in me. Now, when you get changed, when the spirit of the Lord comes upon you, you've got to be different. You've got to be different. If you tell us you are a Christian, you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and the Spirit of the Lord has come upon you, and you are still the same, then you didn't get the encounter. Because something has to be different. Go. 1 Samuel chapter 10. Look at Saul. 
We read this one the other week. 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 5 to 11, NIV. So, after Samuel anointed Saul, he gives him some words about what will happen to him because you can't have an encounter with the Lord and remain the same. Tell your neighbor, you can't have an encounter with the Lord and remain the same. Something has to change. You've got to be metamorphosed. Changed. Transformed. So if you don't like your current state, just go before the presence of God and look at the glory and let that glory reflect in you. And then it will transform my situation to look like the word. I'm transformed into his image. Okay? Now, 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 5 to 11 NIV. It says, it was Samuel talking to Saul. He says, after that you will go to Gibeah of God, where there is a Philistine outpost. As you approach the town, you will meet a procession of prophets coming down from the high places with lyres, timbrels, pipes, and harps being played before them, and they will be prophesying. Verse 6. The Spirit of the Lord will come upon you powerfully. Okay? And you will prophesy. And you will be... Read it in yours. And you will be... Changed. Changed into a... Different, different person. person. Transformation. Tell your neighbor transformation. transformation. Tell your neighbor metamorphosis. metamorphosis. Because it says, when the spirit comes powerfully upon you, what will become of you? You will be changed into the same person. Huh? <laughs> what did you say? Mine says, you will be changed into a different Indeed. Is that the scripture? When the spirit of the Lord comes powerfully upon you, you've got to be different. You've got to change. So if you tell us that you had an encounter with the Lord, you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you haven't changed, we'll tell you, you did not get it yet. Because when the spirit comes upon you, you've got to be changed. Once these signs are fulfilled, do whatever your hand finds to do, for God is with you. And then verse 10. When he and his servant arrived at Gibeah, because he was told he will go there and then he will be changed, a procession of prophets met him. The Spirit of God came powerfully upon him. So it's happening as the man of God has said. So when the Spirit of God comes powerfully upon him, what are you thinking will happen? We are told he will be changed. He will be transformed. He will be metamorphosed into a different person. So the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him and he joined in their prophesying. When all those who had formerly known him saw him prophesying, tell your neighbor, you know me formally. Not, not formally like a formal way, but formally it means previously. Previously. But now I'm a different person. I'm a different person. So it says, those who had known him formerly, saw him prophesying with the prophets, they asked each other, what is this that has happened to the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? 
Do people around you sometimes get surprised about the difference that the Lord has made in your life? Or they just see you still being the same with them? You say you have accepted Christ. The only difference is they see you on Sunday going to church, but all the other days you are like them. Then it means you are not changed. You are not transformed. You are not metamorphosed. So, the change in Saul was noticeable. Tell your neighbor, may the change in you be noticeable. Amen. It's got to be different. Just like when you want to get healed, you don't want to be told that you are healed when the sickness is still remaining there. You want it to change, isn't it? And being completely changed and become health. So similarly, I can't retain this sinful nature. I want to be transformed. I want to be changed. Now, the thing that changes us is that word of God. As you spend time in his presence and you are like a mirror, may this word keep on changing you. May this word keep on changing you. Whatever you need, go to the word of God and let it radiate in you and change your situation. So it means you, it cannot change unless you put yourself It can't change into that image unless you are in front of that image. You get that? So look at this. Colossians 1.6, NLT. Mr. MJ. So Colossians 1.6, I want to show you that this good news that we're talking about, we have received the gospel. We have received the word of God. And the word of God has made a difference in my life. And to show that it was not fake, it was not magic, everywhere where this word of God goes, it keeps on changing lives. It keeps on making a difference. In the book of Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel says when he saw that, you remember the the water that was spreading through the eastern side? And it started, he says, then a measurement was made, a thousand cubit, and then I was put there, and then it was up to the ankle. Another thousand to the knee. Another thousand to the waist. Another thousand, it became a river that I could not cross. But it says, when now it has become a river, it says this river, it's flowing through the desert of Araba. Okay? And it comes even to the Dead Sea of putrid waters. But wherever the river goes, there was life. Amen. Amen. Wherever the river goes, so if this river comes to the desert, may there be life in your desert. Amen. 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 Yes, you can clap your hand. Amen. Amen. And it says this river goes into the dead sea of putrid waters. Now what happens to that? Wherever the river goes, there is life. So And may it be with you so, because If that Jesus is in you, the hope of glory, may you radiate the presence of God that wherever you go, there will be life. You go to where people are and they are hopeless. May they see a change in you. May it transform their lives also. So Colossians 1.6, New Living Translation, Mr. MJ. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. Yeah. It is bearing fruit everywhere. By changing lives. Did you hear that? 
What's happening with this good news? It says this good news that came to you and changed your life is going out over the world everywhere doing what? Changing lives. Now you have, you have learned a new term today for changing. Metamorphosing lives. Amen. Transforming lives. So it means this good news comes to somebody who is regarded as a sinner. It metamorphoses them. And they become a saint, a child of God. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away and all things are become new, metamorphosed, a different image. Why? Because of this word. This good news is going out everywhere. Just repeat it again. The whole of Essex. Good news that came to you mm. is going out all over the world. Yeah. It is bearing fruit everywhere by metamorphosing lives. Amen. Hey. Amen. Hey. Just as it metamorphosed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. Amen. My life is changed. Amen. Do I have some witnesses here? Is your life changed also? Amen. Amen. People who knew you that time and they thought that was you, tell them I'm metamorphosed. Amen. I'm a new creation. Amen. I'm different now. Amen. So this metamorphosing or the changing doesn't only affect my character, but it also affects what happens in my body. Amen. That's why I want to use the same verse also to get some fruits of healing in my body. Amen. Amen. Let my situation change and be looking like the image of what God's word says. Amen. Amen. That's why if you go with me to the book of Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 to 23, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 to 23. Now, if this word that we are receiving has got to do something in you, you cannot say you have had an encounter with Jesus, you have had an encounter with God, and your life remains the same. You also cannot say that the Lord has touched you and nothing changes of you. Amen? Something has got to be different. Amen. Now, Proverbs 4, 20 to 23, the Jubilee translation says, My son, attend to my words. Is this same good news. Incline thine ear unto my words. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Now, I want you to look at this. We were talking about with an unveiled face. We were beholding the word. And the glory was radiating through us. Now, it says, let it not depart from your eyes. What do you, have, do you think will happen if before my eyes I'm keeping on seeing, by the stripes of Jesus you were healed. By the stripes of Jesus you were healed. By the stripes of Jesus you were healed. What do you think will, come to, will happen in my body? I've got to be healed because I'm staying before this word. I'm keeping on looking at this. Now, let me give you this trick. Scripture must back up scripture. Okay? Now, this concept of metamorphosis, something changing because of seeing. You remember the time when Jacob was working for Laban? And he said, you've robbed me. And then he said, what, what do you want to be your wages? And what did Jacob say? Jacob said, I think any calf that is born with stripes 
will be mine. You remember the story? I want to tell you the same trick here. So, and the Bible says, Jacob said, take away all the speckled calves, cows. Because if they were still there, they might give birth to other speckled ones and now they will belong to Jacob. So he says, take them away, all of them, the color ones. Okay? Now what remained here, had no, it was the unspeckled ones. What do you think are the chances of these cows bearing the ones with speckles, without male speckled ones? Chances are very slim. And do you know what happened in the heart of Laban? Laban thought he's robbing himself again. And this time it's not me. Okay? You know what he did? Jacob. The Bible says he went and took something like an almond tree and then peeled the things off and then made almost make a picture of speckles. You remember that? It's there in your Bible. He made those pictures of speckles and what did he do? He went and put them where the the animals come to drink. And he says, if they were mating while looking at that, what will become? What you are looking at? Now all of a sudden, there's a lot of calves speckled. Speckled. And now Laban was surprised. He didn't know that the principle of metamorphosis by looking. As you keep on looking it, it becomes... So similarly, if that could work just with the stripes like that, don't you think it will work the same way when you take this word and put it before you? When you put it before you and keep on looking at it, and it keeps on telling you by the stripes of Jesus you were healed. It doesn't matter how sick you are feeling in your body. Be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So it says, let it not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life. Read this one. Read it and listen carefully. For they are life unto those that find them. Okay, let's start there. The word is not life unto everybody. It's only life unto... Guys, this is simple. Can I ask you a simple question? You know food... Feels a person, isn't it? And you don't get hungry. So if I put food here, do I get full? But you say, but food makes a person full. It only makes me full if I eat it. So here, the word is life unto those who find it. In other words, you take that word and make it yours then the life radiates. Amen. But if you don't take it and make it yours, no matter how powerful that word is, it will not bear any fruit. So continue. It's life unto those that find them and, and medicine to all their flesh. This is how I get healed. <laughs> when some of you think, ah, pastor, can you get healed just by the word just speaking? What did this verse now say here? It says the word is what? Medicine. The word is medicine. medicine to all my flesh. And you say, Pastor, you've got to be realistic. How can just speaking that word, just speaking the word, how does it heal you? Can I tell you the answer? 
My manufacturer said that's how I will get healed. Check the book. Amen. Check the book. Amen. And he is the only authorized dealer of this body. So it means, if it says it's medicine, it means the word of God heals just like medicine. You know that even natural medicine can heal you, isn't it? You know that. Yeah. So how does it heal you? Let me take a simple example of natural medicine. If, if there is medicine, let's say the doctor prescribes you powerful medicine for your sickness. And you take it and you say, oh, this medicine is powerful. Mm, I, this medicine is powerful. Soon I will be healed. Mm, yes, this medicine is powerful. Do you get healed? But the medicine is powerful. It only works for you when you take it as prescribed. Now, by the way, there's even a way that things are prescribed. Do you know even with natural healing? If the doctor says to you, take this medicine or these tablets and swallow them three times a day, okay? And then, let's say your pain is here. And the doctor says, swallow the tablet three times a day. Why does it make sense to you that when the pain is here, you don't wrap the tablet there? You believe the doctor knows what he's talking about, isn't it? So I also believe the Lord knows what he's talking about. Amen. Amen. So and now if you try to be smart and think that you, th you know better than your doctor, okay? Now you take those tablets, the powerful ones. Now the doctor said, I must, no, the pain is here. And you keep on rubbing them here. Will it work? Uh-uh, it won't work. That's not how it was prescribed. So similarly, I know how to use this one. I know how to get healed with this one. As I stay before it, I get metamorphosed. Amen. I get changed Amen. to be in this image. Hallelujah. And it says they are life unto those that find them and medicine to all their flesh. Above all else, guard your heart for out of it flows the issues of life. So I want this word that I was telling you talking to you today because I want us to learn in this note because I feel it's the right time to pray for you if you are not feeling well in your body. We said, nothing is too hard for thee, not even sickness. And now the very same God comes and tells us when we come before him and we expose ourselves to this word, we will be metamorphosed into the image of what he has said. We will be changed into the image of what he has said. Now, Healing is good. Divine health is good. And that is the picture that I see whenever I read the Bible. So I want to be exposed to that. And now, you have listened to this word. You were exposing yourself to this glory. May this word, may this presence of God radiate through your body now and make you healed. Make you completely made, make you completely whole. Like the woman with the issue of blood who said, if I can just touch his garment, I'll be made whole. And power was released. So as the worship team, you come here to the fore and you sing that song. We're going to worship God and God is going to heal you. Amen. 
we will just do like the children of Israel when they were facing Jericho. They were told, go around Jericho once for six days. And on the seventh day, go around it seven times. As you are singing praise, the walls of Jericho will be coming down. So we are going to be singing that song as people who are praising and worshiping God. The fact that because of the COVID restrictions, I can't lay hands on you. And we've got to respect that now. But I want to tell you that there is no distance to God's power. That's why the man of God, the, the centurion said, Master, you don't even need to come under my roof. Speak the word only and my servant will be healed. So I have spoken a word. So I'm going to speak a word as we are getting that song, it means you are the God of Israel, your name is Jehovah. Nothing is too difficult for you, not even my sickness. Not even my sickness. And I want us to keep on saying that. So if for you the challenge is not sickness today, think of that which to you was like a greatest challenge. And say, nothing is too difficult for me, for you, not even this. And speak to it. Speak to that mountain. And as we are singing, our our we are worshiping him and magnifying him. And may his glory be manifested among us this day. May his presence make all the difference that we need even this day. And as you are keeping on worshiping like that, some of you would already be getting healed. Where you were feeling pain, you will all of a sudden realize it's gone. And I don't know what happened. That's the glory. Amen. And as we are believing God and trusting God, even whatever situation that was bothering you, put it before God. And at the end of that worship, I'm going to make a declaration to sing it. In Jesus' name.